0: Welcome, everybody. Filibusterfreestyle.com presents F1 Feast. Today, the Spanish Grand Prix from Barcelona. We are, you know, six days, five days actually late in recording our reactions to the Spanish Grand Prix. Again, from Catalonia, from Barcelona. In honor of that, we are going to eat some of the vaunted Catalan tomato bread. It is delicacy. I have been to Barcelona. It is a wonderful place. It is a wonderful city with wonderful cuisine and tomato bread is really something you can get anywhere you go, and anywhere you go, it's going to be great. We actually found a recipe to make it here today. We're going to put a couple pictures on our Instagram feed, at filibuster freestyle, a.k.a. Dad Money. And um, speaking of Dad Money, Dad Money is a member of Drilling Threes. Drilling Threes, give him a follow at Drilling Threes for fun content on Money Monday and P-Funk Friday. As I record this, it is a P-Funk Friday. Let me do this. Spanish Grand Prix is in the book's You all don't want to listen to anybody eat Especially me by myself So one Cindy Harrington is not going to join today We love having her on Especially for F1 Feast But she's at work We got to get this one in Before everybody turns their attention To the Canadian Grand Prix from Montreal next week So we miss Cindy We'll miss her on the pod But she'll be back Uh, I'm going to take a bite One bite you're going to hear me take a bite Looks good And then I'm going to eat the rest of this off camera off screen, if you will, off mic. There you go, there you go, buddy. And we will bring it back after the theme song for some discussion on and reactions to the Spanish Grand Prix, which was won by Red Bull's Max Verstappen. But after that, had some very interesting things happen. Also, I totally stopped recording before my first bite. My mouth full of food. Here we go. Now you know it's real, baby. filibuster, filibuster, freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. out for the filibuster Filibuster Freestyle <laughs> Filibuster Freestyle It's the filibuster freestyle Filibuster Freestyle Freestyle, freestyle. Alright, theme song is in the books. couple things going on outside the studio. They're literally ripping up Hamlin Street here in South Boston, so you're going to hear some noise there. Um... Wonderful time as always. Just the, this is the loudest send off ever. Uh, the filibuster freestyle is moving locations literally in the next two weeks. This may be one of our final pods from the South Boston studio where we basically moved right as COVID was starting. And so it's been an interesting three and a half years here at this studio as opposed to you know our previous studio in North Carolina, etc. Anyway. Let me talk to you really quickly. I'm not gonna do a Pop Sketch Designs ad, but by the way, give them a follow at Pop Sketch Designs. More on them later. Let me talk to you about the ingredients of tomato bread. It's just simply bread. You toast it, you put on some garlic, you just rub it right on the bread after it's toasted. You put on you put on some tomato, you just rub that. Basically you slice the tomato and the garlic, and then the end that's exposed that has just been cut, you rub that over and over and over, many pieces as you want. Into the bread, add some olive oil, add some salt. I actually added a little Trader Joe's Everything But the Bagel seasoning, so some salt and pepper, etc. I actually added a little oregano as well. But you can add cheese. You can add ham, Iberian ham, etc. Manchego cheese goes really well tomato bread. Just letting you know. Okay, so let's talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Number one, let's talk about Mercedes. Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, eight times. Sorry, excuse me. Well, I think he's an eight-time world champion, but officially a seven-time world champion. Lewis Hamilton comes in second place. His teammate, George Russell, comes in third. So it's Red Bull, Mercedes, Mercedes, and then in fourth place is Red Bull's Checo Perez, who started way back in the grid and was able to bring himself almost all the way back up to the podium, but not quite. This Mercedes result is important for a number of reasons. One, though they brought significant upgrades to Monaco a week prior, as stated during that pod by us and every other person with a podcast on F1, Monaco is not exactly a great place to, to evaluate the effectiveness of upgrades to your vehicle because it's just a very tight old city circuit track that doesn't really let these cars of today in 2023 go full throttle. Now, obviously, Mercedes was was going to bring these upgrades to Imola, to the Emilia-Romana Grand Prix, but that was canceled due to heavy rains in the area. So, basically, Mercedes gets a chance two races later to show off, or not show off, whatever upgrades they brought. And we obviously know that they added side pod design, which is basically everybody else on the grid went with side pods. The best cars have side pods. Mercedes tried to do it differently. It did not work out. They doubled down on it to start the year. It did not work out. It's all well chronicled. But here we go. Spain, Barcelona, that's a real track. That's a real track, and Mercedes had real pace. And that's got to feel really good for Mercedes fans. It's got to feel really good for George Russell, and it's got to feel great for Lewis Hamilton, who, after getting robbed— frankly, in 2021 on the last lap of the season, getting his eighth championship taken away, and Max getting his first championship, albeit controversially. Last year was a cakewalk for Red Bull, and this year so far has been a cakewalk for Red Bull. But for Mercedes to go 2-3 and to beat Checo, and for George to have started, I believe, behind Checo, George Russell behind Checo, and for Mercedes to actually pass at some point during the race and stay ahead of a Red Bull that's that's a big win and a big boost of confidence and a big potential step in the right direction for Mercedes and while Mercedes may not certainly be able to close the gap this year and whether they do or they don't Red Bull has got you know a seven race head start in terms of winning all those races can Mercedes use this to clearly uh, you know grab a stranglehold on number two on the grid and then can they go into the winter and really give a Give an actual challenge to Rebels' dominance under these new regulations set in 24. By virtue of how things went in Spain, as a small sample size, the answer seems to be it seems to be trending in that direction. And you gotta feel good for Lewis, you gotta feel good for George Russell, and you gotta feel good just for the competitive spirit. Because what I will say is that in fifth place, you had a Spaniard. A Ferrari driver, Carlos Sainz. The Ferrari is nowhere close to the Red Bull. The Ferrari has taken a step backwards this year. And the Ferrari continues to be unreliable. Charles Leclerc coming in 11th place, having a terrible weekend. Carlos Sainz actually was second in terms of qualifying and fell back to fifth place. A combination of pace and, more importantly, pit strategy, as always, with Ferrari. But Ferrari is, again, behind Aston Martin. And for a reason, Lance Stroll, 6th place. Fernando Alonso, 7th place. This is the first time Stroll has beaten his teammate. But Fernando Alonso had damage to his car, I believe, in either practice on Thursday or Friday or, or certainly qualifying on Saturday. And Stroll was able to beat him. But obviously, Alonso actually caught up to Stroll and then just literally came over the radio and said, tell Lance there's no threat. And of course, Lance's dad owns the team. So if Fernando Alonso is going to throw Lance a bone with a compromised car for sixth place rather than seventh place versus, say, a podium place, that's what this new warm and fuzzy teammate version of Fernando Alonso in 2023, Aston Martin, is going to do. And the fact that it was his home Grand Prix, as it was for Carlos Sainz, the Spanish folks gets to see, get to see you know, their countrymen get a fifth and a seventh Signs for Ferrari, Alonso for Aston Martin, but Aston Martin once again outscores Ferrari total because Leclerc was 11th and out of the points. Stroll put up eight points in sixth place, and Alonso put in up six, place, six points in seventh place for 14. So Aston Martin stretches their lead by four more points. So there you go. Now, let's take a look at the rest of the points scoring places because so you got two Rebels at one and four, two Mercedes at two and three, Ferrari at five, Aston Martin at six and seven. Alpine coming in eighth with Esteban Ocon, who had a podium the week before in Monaco. Um, Alpha Romero's Joe, second-year man out of China, comes in ninth, and Pierre Gasly of Alpine comes in 10th. Leclerc again has 11th. Yuki Tsunoda came in 12th. However, he was assessed a penalty, which is why he was 12th. Yuki actually, I believe, was going to be ninth. And Regardless of Yuki not scoring these points, the bottom line is Yuki has put his car kind of in that 10, 11, 12 range pretty much every week of the season so far. And for a guy who might be on his last chance saloon this season, he's doing really well on this car. He's definitely outpacing his teammate, rookie Nick DeVries. And the rumor mill is really starting to fire up that next year, Checo Perez is going to be out at Red Bull potentially and that Red Bull, who also owns the uh, AlphaTauri team, their B team, their developmental team, is going to bring up Yuki based on his driving this year, based on him being clearly behind Max, but Red Bull wanting Max, but also wanting young drivers. And Checo is potentially going to find himself, I don't want to say without a seat, but Checo is potentially going to find himself in a situation where he ain't going to be in that great Red Bull anymore. So he's got to really utilize these moments the rest of the way while he's in the best car to maximize his output and hopefully get a seat for next year but it seems like with Checo between Imola getting canceled him having a bad week at Monaco followed by a very much a subpar week here at Barcelona this this season race of points is over the standings Max is going to run away with this and Checo is almost kind of in addition to having the best teammate on the grid and the best car on the grid, he's not only losing to his teammate, but now he's losing to himself. He's getting in his own head, and the pressure seems to be getting to him again, and he's finishing behind other people. And if Mercedes is going to bring a more competitive car, and assuming Alonso is not going to crash every week and have damage to his floor for race day, Checo could find himself you know, outside of fourth and fifth and sixth more often than not. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll right the ship, but still very interesting. We talked Yuki, 12th place, but really he finished 9th. We talked Leclerc, obviously, in, in, in 11th. Oscar Piastri of McLaren, the rookie, holding his own, 13th place. Nick DeVries, 14th place. Nico Hunkelberg in the Haas, who I believe qualified way better than 15th place, comes in 15th place. The Haas continues to have race pace issues. Alex Albon and Williams, 16th place. That Williams is not... You know, it's not a great car. They actually had an image this week of the cranes lifting some of the cars that had crashed in Monaco because there's nowhere to roll the cars off to. And seeing the bottom of the Red Bull car and how complex it was, the floor in the air, and then seeing the Williams and basically someone said that's literally the spec model they give you as an example when F1 shows you an example of a regulation car in the new regulation set. You can just see the developmental differences between Williams and Red Bull in real time if you look at the bottom of their cars in those pictures. But Alex Albon, a respectable 16th place, and arguably one of the worst cars on the grid. I say that because his his teammate, Logan Sargent, dead last. The American, once again, dead last. Logan Sargent is in Struggle Bus City. Um, Speaking of Struggle Bus City, 17th place, Lando Norris in the McLaren. Lando qualified third. Lewis Hamilton, fourth. Lewis comes in second. Lando tumbles all the way down to 17th. Lando and Lewis made contact on the first lap at the start. There are folks that I've heard, including folks from the Missed Apex podcast, which is a very popular podcast on F1. They've said, well, you know, the reason that Lewis and Lando touched and made contact is because Carlos Sainz is trying to pass Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen started kind of a mini-chain reaction Lewis kind of runs into Lando slash Lando has to brake test Lewis. Either way, Lewis's car, not damaged, comes in second place. Lando's car, his wing is damaged, has to pit immediately, never got on the right track after that, comes in 17th place, despite his teammate coming in 13th place. Bad day for Lando. Kevin Magnussen, another bad day in the Haas at 18th, and then Valtteri Botas, another really bad day in Alfa Romero at 19th place. So these Nordic guys. Botas and Magnussen really both looking to be struggling on what is a really good, fair, fast F1 track. I think the stories of the day clearly are Checo has made himself his own enemy in addition to having Max as a formidable, most formidable teammate. Lewis and George seem to be absolutely, um, certainly resurgent, potentially rampant. With the Mercedes redesign, at least for one week, and really, we didn't quite get because Alonso's car was compromised from the get-go. We didn't get a true test on race pace between Aston Martin, Aston Martin, excuse me, which is a Mercedes engine, and the Mercedes team, also with a Mercedes engine. We didn't get a full-strength Alonso, Fernando Alonso, versus a full-strength Lewis, Hamilton, and George Russell. And i believe leave Lance to roll out on purpose because Lance got beat by these guys. But also, Fernando's clearly a better driver than Lance. In fact, with a compromised car, if he hadn't have said it, he would not be a threat to pass Lance. He absolutely could have passed Lance in that car. So the story, I think, is that we don't fully know if Mercedes had a nice weekend or if they're going to be resurgent and rampant because... We didn't see what they could do against Fernando Alonso in a, in a, in a quote, healthy car and a, a tip top car. But frankly, it's a lot closer. And I think Mercedes now has moved ahead of Aston Martin. And that's the biggest thing is Mercedes has two real drivers. So even when their car was inferior, they were able to stack up points more often. I think Lance is doing a fine job driving, but he's not, he's not Fernando Alonso and he's not George Russell and he's not Lewis Hamilton. And, They had basically a six-race head start on Mercedes in terms of the design concept. That now appears to be over, potentially. And so Mercedes does seem like they're going to stranglehold this second place. Could be wrong. Ferrari seems to be out of the running for third place. They just can't keep their cars on the track and competitive. Let me get some team scores real quick. I'll be right back. Alright, so looking at the team scores Red Bull is up over Mercedes by 135 points and that's not really that bad considering Mercedes wasn't even in second place until this past weekend but Red Bull is running away with it they've got 7 wins in 7 races they have 11 podiums in 7 races Mercedes has now with 2 guys on the podium last week got 3 podiums for the year so they've been ham and it off the podium, but still being very consistently in the mid to high points. They're in second place at 152, and they are now 18 points ahead of Aston Martin, despite Aston Martin having five podiums this year. And that's what I'm saying. Two drivers, essentially, two kind of top five drivers versus one. And regardless of the car, Mercedes has been able to keep it close, and now they might have a chance to pull away. Aston Martin still 34 points ahead of Ferrari. Ferrari only has one podium this year but is at an even 100 points, and they are 60 points ahead of Alpine, who also has one podium with Ocon last week at Monaco. So we go 287, 152, 134, 100, 40 for Alpine. And then Alpine has more than doubled up McLaren so far. McLaren at 17 points. McLaren is clearly the sixth best team, excuse me, because they've had a season opener from hell, and they're still in sixth place, and they're in sixth place by nine points, and Haas has eight points total, so McLaren is ahead of Haas by more points than Haas has earned. Haas with 8 points in 7th place. Tied, though, with Alpha Romero also in 8th place with eight points. Alpha Torre way back with 2 points. But again, Yuki's got penalized. Yuki would have been in the points this week. And then Alex Albon has the single lone point for Williams this year so far through 7 races. So I think the most interesting places for watching battles... Aside from some teammate battles, which you can get into in a minute. Definitely if Mercedes can hold on against Aston Martin, definitely if Aston Martin can hold on against Ferrari. I think the Alpine crew is gonna be in fifth no matter what happens. I think McLaren's probably gonna be in sixth no matter what happens. Who's gonna come in seventh out of Haas and Alpha? Who's gonna come in ninth out of Alpha Torre? Sorry, Alpha Romero and Haas, who's gonna come in seventh and eighth, who's gonna come in ninth and tenth versus Alpha Tori. Tori, excuse me, and Williams. You got to put your money in Alpha. Tori, if Yuki keeps having keeps having these results, he's going to chip away. He might even catch the loser of the Alpha Romero Haas duet. Well, let's take a look at the drivers' standings before we go. Max Verstappen, one hundred and seventy points. Sergio Perez, Checo Perez, one hundred and seventeen points. Checo's up on up on Fernando Alonso for the moment by 18 points. Alonso is sitting at 99 points. Lewis Hamilton has now found his way to 87 points. He's in fourth place. He's ahead of teammate George Russell by 22 points. George is at 65 points. George is now ahead of Carlos Sainz from Ferrari who has 58 points. Carlos's teammate at Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, 42 points. Lance Stroll again in that arguably top 2, definitely top 3 car. He's in eighth place at 35 points. Ocon, ninth place, 25 points. Gasly, 15th place, 10. Sorry, 15 points, 10th place. Lando Norris, 12th place with six points. Piastri, I'm sorry, Hulkenberg is in 12th place with six points for Haas. So. Piastri, five points for McLaren. And now when you look at these bottom six people, uh, Valtteri Botas and Jingguang Zhou of, of Alfa Romero are both tied at four points. Yuki Snowda has two points, as is Kevin Magnus and Ahas, but I'd say Yuki's two points are a lot more impressive than K-Mag's are. Alex Albon, one point. Again, DeVries, the rookie. Sergeant the rookie. Zero points, both. So, this is Max's to lose. And I don't think he's going to lose it. The question now is, is Checo Perez going to get it together? Or is Fernando Alonso and or Lewis Hamilton going to pass him? I think Hamilton might be too far behind. I don't think Alonso is too far behind. But the interesting thing is I don't think Lewis Hamilton is too far behind Alonso. And I don't think George Russell is too far behind Lewis Hamilton. So in the top five, Max is going to win it. But I could see two different guys being in second place. I could see three different guys being in third place. I could see three different guys being in fourth place. And I could see three different guys being in fifth place. So that is all going to be super interesting. Not as interesting, in my opinion, as the deliciousness of tomato bread, of um, you know the Catalonian region of, of 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 Barcelona of Spain. I mean, tomato bread's so gosh darn good. So before we go, give us a follow on Instagram at filibuster freestyle. Give drilling threes a follow at drilling threes. And I know you want some gear. It's summertime. You want some new T-shirts. You a sports fan. You a pop culture fan. You like Allen Iverson. You like Slim Shady. You like Rihanna. You like Wu Tang Clan? You like the Celtics? You like the Bruins? You like the Red Sox? You like the Philadelphia Eagles? All of those teams and people and icons and more, you can get gear repping any of them and all of them at Pop Sketch Designs. So give them a follow at Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram or go to the Etsy store, Etsy.com slash shop slash Pop Designs. Filibuster Freestyle, F1 Feast, Spain, Barcelona, Catalonia, in the books. Max Verstappen continues to dominate this season. Red Bull continues to dominate this season. But Mercedes has gotten up off the mat. They're saying there's a chance. And it looks like they've got the inside track to close out the year as the second-best team. But Aston Martin, especially Fernando Alonso, will definitely have something to say about that. We will see you after, in terms of F1 Feast at least, we will see you after... The Canadian Grand Prix, live from Montreal, about eight days from now, nine days from now, as I record this, on Friday, June 9th. We might see you sooner for some filibuster freestyle action, sports jerk, something like that in the middle. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.